Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment, bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Thank you for listening to this Billy Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go belly up. So we made it our name and we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic Podcast, football isn't always played in perfect conditions, but it's always amazing to see how players adjust to quote-unquote, football weather. You're behind the mic with Michael Neal Jr. All right, we ready. I got my papers. I'm prepared. I have notes all over the place. NFL historians and lovers of sports history, welcome in. The show is for you guys and gals. It's cool if you already know this stuff. I always say congratulations. We'll get you cookies soon. But there's always someone else who doesn't. This show is for those who don't know as much about NFL history. So we are here to do three things. Enlighten, teach, and learn. It is the Behind the Mic podcast. I am your host, Michael Neal Jr. This show is presented by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Sports podcast network. Go to our website, bellyupsports.com. Click on it. Look at the shows that we have, the content. Read the articles that our writers put out there. You can catch us on our home base of Spreaker. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, if you don't know what that is. And also the favorites, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and some of the others. Amazon Music, Stitcher, of course, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. So, first of all, I can't spend too long on this segment anymore. This segment should not be as long as the history portion all right so we're gonna get to the rundown in just a quick second but i have to say that i just i hate being right i told y'all weeks ago 
you know, Matt Rule, he got fired and he was going to be back in college football, named the new Nebraska head coach. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, let's go to it. The rundown. Week 12, no buys this week. Everybody plays. First of all, Thanksgiving Day football. I ate. I slept. I woke up. I ate some more. I watched football. I slept. And then I ate some more. And then I fell asleep. I slept. I think we watched a movie while I watched football on my phone. And then I slept some more. And then I got up and I ate some more. Then I went to bed. Perfect day, right? <laughs> Other than the football. Bills at the Lions. Of course, last week, 77 inches of snow. And the Bills got to stay a couple of about what a week or so in in uh detroit you got to admit this though speaking of the detroit lions this team fights that's not the same lions team they fight to the end and they look like they were going to win the game of course bills you know they you know the game is tied and until josh allen found stefan Diggs for that 39 yard you know reception over the middle with about 13 seconds left to the end of the game time out time out the next thing you know, the Bills get a game-winning field goal, boom, bang, pow, and that's it. You know, second win on Ford Field, in Ford Field in Detroit for, you know, those two consecutive weeks. Sent everybody to Detroit home for Thanksgiving, excuse me, Thanksgiving dinner, 28 to 25. <sighs> I'm trying to move too fast. Let's do this. Giants at Cowboys. All I know for you betters out there is if you took the over, you lost. Didn't work out for you. But if you're a Cowboys fan, probably didn't care because they won the football game, unless you had money on the game. Dak Prescott didn't have the best first half. The Giants, took, you know, they looked like they was going to bounce back and get a win this week. But I'm guessing Dak took a nap on that, you know, sleep number bed at halftime. Two touchdown passes later, the Cowboys were back on top. <laughs> Patriots at the Vikings. One week, Kirk Cousins is iced out on the way back, shirtless, you know, from a win in Washington. Last week, the Cowboys snatched his chain. All right. <laughs> so the question was, would he get it back against the Patriots? He did. And he did. And the one-time Patriots quarterback now, Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell, got a win against Bill Belichick, his old coach. Congratulations. Sunday, morning games. Bucks, excuse me, afternoon is next. Bucks at Browns. Tom Brady lost to his old backup, Jacoby Brissett. Tampa Bay was up 17 to 10. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't get a first down. You know, you can't score. So they kind of went backwards to what they were doing at first before their little short winning streak. And the next thing you know, the Browns not only tie the game, but they win it in overtime. So, you know, you got to like Jacoby Brissett during the post-game press conference in the words of Tom Brady yeah this was bleeping awesome effing awesome <laughs> Deshaun Watson starts next week see what happens with the Browns going forward Bengals at Titans now you already know what I'm going to say Derrick Henry 17 carries 38 yards is not going to get it told you the guys got to touch the ball at least 20 times but the Bengals was all over his forehead and for all of you that you Titans fans that don't know the rule you learned it this week okay you cannot touch the center who's snapping the football. Can't do it. He, did he give a little flop? Whatever. You can't touch him. You can't knock him back because it's, a, you know, it's a unprotected player thing. Can't do it. Period. Texans at the Dolphins. No Davis Mills. You get Kyle Allen starting. 
Same result. They're going to be picking first. And I'm just wondering if Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, probably going to be Young or Stroud. Uh, who's going to be the Texans' next quarterback? Yeah, time will tell. Dolphins, they got another win, and they're a little bit closer to trying to win the AFC East. Tua looks good. Bears at the Jets. All right, so this is according to ESPN Stats and Infos, ESPN.com. So the Jets grounded with Zach Wilson starting, right? And I quote this, Zach has 13 touchdown passes in 20 career starts, the fewest by any quarterback through their first 20 starts since Brady Quinn had 12 from 2008 to 2012. He also ranks near the bottom in several categories among 38 quarterbacks to start at least 10 games in the past two seasons. Total QBR, he's 35th with a 37.6. Pass yards per game, he's 35th with 180.7. Yards per drop pack, okay, last. Nobody really pays attention to that, 5.1. But pass touchdowns per attempt, 2.3% last. It's not looking good. And then Mike White, who's done this before, and for whatever reason, he's just... You know, not winning the starting quarterback position, right? Maybe because they keep picking guys like Zach Wilson. Mike White, he started, and Wilson was in street clothes. The result, Mike White, 22 of 28, 350 yards and three touchdowns. What else am I supposed to say? All right. Maybe another Taylor Heineke situation. Um, there was no Justin Fields for the Bears. Trevor Simeon was to be the starter, and they kept going back and forth. He hurt his oblique during warm-ups, so they weren't sure if they was going to start Nate Peterman or Simeon, and Simeon had the Bears in the game. It was tied at 10, and then the Jets took off, literally. Um, Falcons at Commanders. Guess what? Taylor Heineke did it again. This time, he got a little help from the defense at the end. I felt a little bad for Marcus Mariota. Washington was up, what, 19 to 13? Mariota had a pass that got dipped at the line. They're near the goal line, picked off, tip drill ball game somebody asked on twitter i believe it was beerly football they asked a little you know who's the best quarterback who do you like uh one word and they said with this it was a one word thing describe taylor heineke in one word i said larusso as in daniel larusso from karate kid he's not supposed to win but he always does <laughs> cool you know that's great broncos at panthers you ever see beverly hills cop you know you have Officer Taggart, uh, Sergeant Taggart and Lieutenant Rosewood. If you haven't seen the movie, it's a little bit too late, okay? But it's Eddie Murphy and Judge Reinhold or whatever. They, these two guys, they can't keep up with Eddie Murphy's character, Axel Foley. Their car gets stalled in the middle of the street because he puts bananas up the tailpipe. <laughs> then you get caught up in the shake joint, uh, even though the three of them made an arrest preventing a robbery, by the way. And so their captain, uh, they, he's like, he, he wants to pull them off the case. It's like, look, you can't keep up with this guy, right? They was like, don't lose him again, you know. But what happens? They lost him again, and they, they screwed up again. And so you two are off the case. And he turns to these other two guys that's sitting in the room. Foster, McCabe, your turn. Your turn. Don't lose him. That's the same thing that applies to the quarterback room for the Carolina Panthers. You had Baker Mayfield. And you got P.J. Walker. And then you got Baker Mayfield again starting. And now Sam Darnold, your turn. Don't lose it. And Donald and the Panthers got it done. 23-10 to against the 
the, the Broncos. Good thing it was at home. I don't even know if it matters at this point. Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell freaking Wilson. Wow. If you didn't see it, at one point, the defensive tackle, uh, Mike Purcell, was running off the field. He's screaming in Russell Wilson's face. I haven't been doing a whole lot of research and stuff. I haven't been on a lot of social, me social media or listening to a lot of radio up to this point. I just haven't. I've been busy. Um, I, I need to do better about that. But I have no idea what the whole situation was. Somebody tell me, but I'm going to find out. But he reels in his face. He's running off the field. And I'm like, wow. But this is not working out. 200 million should buy you more than 142 yards passing and one touchdown. You know, you should, you should purchase. That should purchase more than being the last ranked offense in the league. Nathaniel Hackett, he's not going to survive. It's not going to last long. If he lasts a year, I'll be amazed. But the beginning of, you know, you know how they do hockey coaches? You know, they get into the second year and then they fire him after one game. That's coming. Just, just telling you now. And Russell Wilson, his contract will not be fulfilled. It's not going to turn around. I really don't believe it at this point. You know, I'm telling you right now. Carson Wentz, there was another tweet that said that it's week 12. Carson Wentz has more passing touchdowns than Russell Wilson. It's going around now. More passing touchdowns than Russell Wilson. And he hasn't played since week six. That's terrible. Ravens at the Jaguars. I'll fast forward to the end. 10 plays, nine, uh, 75 yards, and Trevor Lawrence, Marvin Jones, and Marvin Jones Jr., and Zay Jones, they shut the door on Baltimore in a minute and 48 seconds. There was still a little bit too much time left on the clock, and they were looking for the GOAT kicker, Justin Tucker, to, you know, to nail it, but he just wasn't close enough. 67 yards, it fell short. Jags win. Afternoon slate. This is the afternoon slate. Chargers at the Cardinals. Make this quick. Man, Arizona, that's got to hurt. You're up. You finally get Kyler Murray back. You're up 24-17. 15 seconds left. And Herbert, he throws, Justin Herbert throws the touchdown to Austin Eckler. And they said, you know what? We're going for two. And, you know, the coach has already made that decision. If we score, we're going for two. We need this win bad, real bad. And then uh, promptly, tight end Gerald. Everett, he gets the W. One point win, 25 to 24 for the Chargers. Orange slices for everybody in, in, uh, in LA. Uh, Raiders at the Seahawks. Not Geno Smith's best game. Still my my vote. For, he gets my vote for comeback player of the year. I get it. But on the Raiders, they just wanted it a little bit more on Sunday. Josh Jacobs looks like a man who's running for the next contract, whether it be in Vegas or somewhere else. 229 yards rushing, including that 86-yard touchdown run in overtime to end it. Rams at the Chiefs, not going to lie. I did not remember the quarterback that started on Sunday, which was Bryce Perkins, until I Googled him. I was like, oh, that's the dude who quarterbacked at Virginia. I remember him now. I watched a couple. I watched a lot of college football. Perkins was the starter for the Rams on Sunday, first career start. And, you know, Matt Stafford, he's probably going to miss the remainder of the season. Um, haven't gotten an update on that yet, but he had a concussion uh, last week. John Wolford, he had a stiff neck. Don't laugh. And it was Perkins' his first career start. He had an impressive little 14 play, 79-yard touchdown drive in the fourth quarter. But it was the Chiefs' defense uh, offense versus the Rams' defense, and Mahomes won. I mean, that's about as simple as it gets. Saints at the 49ers, San Francisco only scored 13 points. That's it. But New Orleans scored zero. Nada. 
nothing, nil, zippo, zip, zilch, goose egg, squat, diddly, none. And that's the first time the Saints were shut out since 2001. I didn't mean to rhyme there. Sunday night football, Packers at the Eagles. I hope Aaron Rodgers is feeling better. I, I really do. The guy went out hurt, if you don't know. Um, he's already was playing with a broken thumb since, what, week five? And please don't jump on that Jordan Love train just yet. Ease up there, uh, Tonto. You know, jump off the horse. Don't 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 jump on that. Okay, a little quick for that. Hey, I had one of my buddies. Yeah, he looked good. He he threw that touchdown pass. Yeah, you know. But let's see what happens when they get the book on. All right, the, the, the game started off though, like the news team fight from Anchorman. <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> it did. And then all of a sudden the Packers, they're in the lead, fourteen to thirteen. Them, you know. I don't know if anybody else had the same issue, but my um, my cable kind of went out on Channel 4. Channel 4 went out. So NBC went out, whatever. So I'm like, okay, that's, that's going to be a problem. But it came back, you know, pretty quickly. But they couldn't stop Jalen Hurts from running the football. The dude had like 60 yards rushing in his first five carries. He finished with 157. He just looks better doing it right now. And I don't want to say, oh, he's better than Lamar Jackson. He's playing better than Lamar Jackson. The difference is, is that the guy's completed passes to receivers as opposed to his one tight end. Just saying. So, it's Monday Night Football. The Colts were favored in that game. Pittsburgh won it 24-17. I think Matt Ryan completed about five passes in the first half. He was like 5 or 13. And at one point in the second half, though, you know, he was 14 of 16. Pitt led 16-3. And Jeff Saturday and his coach were booed off the field at the half. Boo! Ryan and Andy rebounded in that second half. And like I said, you know, he was a lot better. Um, but does it help? It does help, I guess, being a Steelers fan. I'm hard on Najee Harris. He goes out with a abdominal strain or something like that. And then you bring in Benny Snell. He's been itching to get his first carry of the season. He finishes with 62 yards and a nice 5.8 yard per carry average. Najee, I need you to do better, boy. I love you, but man, let's let's get that yards per carry up. Um, and the go-ahead touchdown and that pick it to pickings thing, that that's gonna be good. I mean, I, I, I love to play on words. Let's let's see more of that. Okay, just the first year for both of them. Two-point conversion at the end to make it the final score. That was the I love Cristiano Ronaldo and he did the Sioux celebration. Woo, boy! I wish my nephew who plays soccer saw that. He loves that. So all right. The Ravens and the Jazz game, it was actually delayed for a little bit because of lightning. And this makes the perfect place to start today's show. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Here's to the great American settlers. The millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, hey, I'm no settler. I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com. S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. 
So this time of year is what? Late November, going into December, and the weather can be really, really bad. And, you know, wait till January hits in late February. Some places it's already cold. You got the rain and the ice and some snow. We saw what happened last week. We talked about the Buffalo Bills and the 77 inches of snow. They had to get dug out by the executives and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, that's kind of where the genesis for the show last week as well as this week came. Football weather. That's, that's the thing, football weather. Last week we highlighted a couple of legendary games. We talked about the Ice Bowl in 1967. 13 below zero, and it was dropping even more. It was 18 below by the time the game ended. I think it was in the 20, 25 below by the time everybody got home. And an old man died at the game because of the exposure to the cold, you know. And then you got the freezer bowl. We talked about the AFC championship game between the Chargers who were visiting the Cincinnati Bengals. Next door in Chicago, you had 11 people that were reported dead because it was 90 below wind chill there, 59 degrees below wind chill in cincinnati cold yes very cold um you know just wanted to throw a couple more games in there and uh you know some things that i didn't get to now i'm not going to go in depth on everything but just you know the the weather that, that football players play in and i played in it it could be really really challenging and you know these games that i've been highlighting been interesting to me you know And then, of course, the last one that we did was in Chicago. It was clear as day, and then you couldn't see a hand in front of your face or at least 10 yards in front of your face. The Fog Bowl between the Eagles, who was visiting Chicago. You know, the Bears, they won that game, and and the Eagles, even though they had all those yards, they couldn't score. (laughs) They couldn't score enough points. It's it's wild. And then after the game ends, then there's no more fog. Isn't that crazy? That, yeah, that is wild. That is so wild. But anyway, kick the music. Just a couple little examples. All right, so yeah, like um, I watched a couple of videos, you know, and just you know for some reminders. Yet a bunch of mud bowls. Okay, uh, if I go back to 1977, you had a divisional playoff game between the Vikings and the Rams, and the Vikings upset the Rams in LA because the Vikings they were used to playing in adverse conditions. There was no dome yet. They were still playing outside in minnesota 14-7 uh 14-7 win there and you just had to see uh these guys were literally like covered in mud there was more games like that where you just could not even tell who was who even going back before that game you had the mud bowl of 1998 seattle they were visiting kansas city they were up under a flood and tornado watch 54 minute delay in the second quarter and three Almost four inches of rain fell in the first two hours of the game. Kansas City won the game. It was 17-6 final. Nine turnovers. I think Kansas City fumbled five times. And then the other four by Seattle. That was a year, you know, Warren Moon was kind of like on his way out. I guess he was one of his umpteen teams since he had left the Oilers. But he had, I think, only attempted like two passes. I don't even think he started. But, I mean, it was pretty bad. 2011, you had what was called the Tsunami. I've even seen it called the Monsoon Bowl between the Jags and the Panthers. Four inches of rain in less than an hour in the second quarter. And people are sliding all over the place. I'm just watching, you know, these, these, uh, you know, the video of Maurice Jones-Drew, the Jags running back back in that time, you know, falling and sliding like, 
five, six, seven, eight yards after he is. It's just, it looked like, you remember the slip and slide? You know, the little yellow slide thing, you ran water on it. That's what it looked like. I mean, just a lot, and there's water just pouring down and going down. There was another game, I can't remember what it was. I'm just off the top of my head. It was played in Tampa Bay. Matter of fact, I think there was a, a big game they needed in order to, to win the division um, back in 1979 and they had to open up I think it was a dam or something like that in order for the water to continue to flow and you're looking in the stands and there's water literally it's like you're sitting in a fountain and there's water rushing down the steps everywhere I, I, I don't I mean I just can't you know I, I can't comprehend it but that's what happens to some games 2013 talk about snow how about eight inches of snow the blizzard bowl the lions at the eagles seven detroit fumbles philadelphia's they had 478 yards of total offense and LaShawn mccoy i think he ended up with i think it still is a rushing record in team history 217 yards rushing and i think the first uh the um the guy's record that he broke was Steve Van Buren, who played in the 1948 championship game. That was the Eagles and the Cards, and that game was in terrible weather as well. Just a 7-0 Eagles win, and it was the first championship game that was on national TV. Another game I know we need to get into eventually is the 1982 snowplow game. It was a 3-0 final. Miami was visiting the Patriots, and with under five minutes left to go, the game was 0-0. Steve Grogan goes to the head coach, the quarterback for the Patriots, goes to the head coach, Ron Myers, and said, hey, we'll get that snow plow. They, they were snow plowing, using those plows to, to go down the lines, to show the yard lines, so you know, we could keep up with the game, right? And so he said, hey, why don't we clear space for our kicker? And they do that. And there was a uh, guy that just got out of jail, convict. <laughs> Mark Henderson was his name. And uh, he goes and clears out. Uh, a space for them to kick pretty much ended up being the game winning field goal and yeah uh, Don Shula was not happy about that and snow plows were banned the next year so all those northeastern teams yeah you're not going to be able to do that no more but Miami they still got playoff revenge in the first round against New England go figure but yeah that's just a couple um, and one of the one of my favorites was the red right 88 game. I know Browns fans don't want to talk about it. You know, those 1980s Raiders that we refer to. Yeah. January 4th, 1981, AFC Divisional Playoffs. The Cleveland Browns were hosting the Raiders. It was four degrees and a negative 36 degree wind chill. Now, before the freezer bowl, that was the coldest game in the NFL since the ice bowl. So that's pretty that's pretty cold right and um you know the, the the let's just say the details of that game maybe head coach sam retigliano maybe he goes ahead and kicks that field goal instead of going for it um you know with uh the little time that was left you always you was only down by two points kick the field goal win the game we'll talk about that another time but anyway back to my notes once again we bring up the author of the Major League Baseball All-Star Game and the AAFC, the one-time Chicago Tribune editor, Arch, Arch Ward. He was, uh, you know, it was also called the Chicago Tr Charities College All-Star Game. He started that. 
and that matched the NFL champion from the previous year versus a team of college all-stars. Now, at one point, 1976, we said it ended in 1976. Here's how. The Super Bowl champion Pittsburgh Steelers, they just won their second in a row, the second Super Bowl in a row. That was Super Bowl 10. They played the classic. At the time, it was the greatest Super Bowl of all time. Super Bowl 10 was the most exciting Super Bowl ever. They beat the Cowboys. I think it was what 21 to 17. I think that was that was that was the final. But anyway, it was it was a classic at the time. July of that same year, this is January of 1976. July of that same year, that summer, Pittsburgh would play what proved to be the final college all-star slash NFL champions game. Uh, in its 42-year history, okay? Now, I'm going to have to quote. I'm going to have to quote this, all right? Um, you know, before I get to that part, let's just go ahead and set the stage for the game. So the game, for the most part, was played at Soldier Field, and the final one was played at Soldier Field. 52,895 fans were gathered there on a Friday night. Apparently, I look back at the weather reports, and the weather reports were basically you had some storms and some rain throughout the week. That's what was going on at the time. Um, and this game, actually, not just reading about it, I'm like, wow, there was, think about it, college all-stars, a lot of these guys were future NFL players. You know, they may not have been stars all, but they were future players nonetheless. They featured guys like Chuck Muncie, this one, Chuck Muncie, Mike Pruitt, uh, the Selman brothers, Dewey and Leroy Selman, Jackie Slater, Archie Griffin, two-time Heisman Trophy winner, all right? Darrell Harris, uh, Richard Todd, quarterback for the Jets, Joe Washington, who ended up being the MVP of the game, I believe it was, and then Notre Dame head coach, Ira Parsegian, and I think that was his last game coaching, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. So I'll just put it this way. So I think I could go to my coach, my coach, my quote at this point. Um, I'll just say this, the third quarter, all right, Pittsburgh was up 24 to nothing. Um, and Terry Bradshaw had given up the reins to backup quarterback Terry Hanratty. I'm going to stop right there. Here's my quote. So this, on July 23rd, 1976, the Super Bowl champion Steelers played what would become the last college all-star game. A horrific thunderstorm broke out in the third quarter. And the bit, and you do have to see the video. I'm gonna be honest with you. You have to see the video to believe this. Uh, and the video of the game that has to be seen to be believed. Not only was the storm like something out of a disaster movie, but when the college team's coach, Error Parsegian, called a timeout to try to get his players organized in the monsoon, the fans took the opportunity to storm the field. Literally, you know, no play on words. Eventually, the game was called off in the third quarter, both because of lightning and because of those fans on the field had torn down the goalpost and showed no signs of being willing to vacate. The Steelers led, again, 24 to nothing at the time the game was called. This end quote. And uh, that was according to, I believe that was today in pro football history. Um, this, that, that You had to see it. It rained so darn hard, you could barely see the field. It was that kind of rain. It was like a blinding rain. Um, like I said, it, just as a note, there had been tornado warnings, and it had been, again, hot and humid. That was the weather reports that I read during that week. And even that day was hot and humid. The delay 
had been about what 12 minutes when the game was finally called off uh and i mean it was that was wild now Hanratty, uh who had took over as quarterback he threw an interception with a minute and 22 left to go in the third quarter again it had already been raining a little bit and there was lightning as well which is part of the reason why Parsegian had to call a timeout now all of a sudden like i said that thunderstorm just hit you could barely see fans started running onto the field like I said, the goalpost got took it took down. There were fights on the field as well. And the teams had left the field by the time. They had, you know, say, hey, oh, look, y'all go to the locker rooms, okay? The field was completely flooded. 18 inches of water. And you could hear the rain pounding the booth uh, <laughs> during the game. Uh, I mean, I think Frank Gifford was one of the two gentlemen that was calling the game. That I mean, you had to hear and see that for yourselves. I'm going to post that video on social media so you guys can see that. Like I said, it has to be seen to believe, to be believed. That would be the final time, or the first time in NFL history, that rain stopped the game, I suppose. And, uh, and it was the final time that the NFL champion would play against a college football team. Now, the other game, September 3rd, 2000. I just thought I had to throw throw a nice heater in there. September 3rd, 2000. It's the season opener. The Dallas Cowboys were hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Dallas, they were coming off an 8-8 eight eight season in 1999. And Philadelphia was coming off a 5-11 season in 1999. They were coached uh, by Andy Reid. That was his first year of coaching. This is year number two for Andy Reid in Philly. So, to be honest, this was actually the year that really marked the official end of the 90s Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they had a couple losing seasons before that and whatnot. Um, you got some eight and eights, you know, there at 99. And it was the, that day, it was the hottest in NFL history. Game time temperatures were 109 degrees. And the field actually reached between 100 and 160 degrees. One of the reporters actually said he had went to Troy Eggman. It had reached 175 degrees at midfield. That, I mean, that that's that is ridiculously hot. And there were reports from players and coaches that said you could and you could. It doesn't take much, I guess, but at the same time, when it's that hot, he said you could see the heat coming off the field. It's like I'm being in a microwave. I mean, you know, that's crazy. That's crazy hot. And this was, again, this was Andy Reid's second year in Philly, and his team, you know, he had his team ready to play on the field, strategy-wise, but the Eagles trainer would be prepared to help the Eagles physically. So, you had Cowboy players and stuff, you know, that were dropping off left and right because of dehydration and muscle cramps. And their trainer, Rick Buckhalter, he was their head trainer. I think he's with the Chiefs now, I believe. He had them drinking. Pickle juice, pickle juice to avoid all of that. This is a Cowboys team that had already lost Michael Irvin the year before to that career-ending neck injury. And in this game, future Hall of Fame quarterback Troy Eggman, he would suffer one of his final concussions during that season that would ultimately lead to his retirement. Deion Sanders had already moved on. They had just acquired Joey Galloway playing his first season in Dallas, obviously to replace Dirty Irvin. 
and he came over from Seattle. He tore his ACL and was done for the uh, the year, I think, in the fourth quarter. Well, as far as the game is concerned, the Cowboys, like I said, they were falling out like flies due to the heat. And the Eagles, they started off the game with an onside kick, which they recovered. And they would run away with this game, 41-14. to The current Detroit Lions assistant head coach, you've seen him on hard knocks. And running backs coach, Deuce Staley, he ran for 201 yards that day. And at that point, it was second all time. I think number one was Van Buren. Steve Van Buren, of course, you had LaShawn McCoy. <laughs> A couple years later, he would break that. So the Eagles, they finished that season 11-5 in 2000. And, you know, this would be the that start for Andy Reid and the Eagles going to three straight NFC Championship games, and of course they had the trip to the Super Bowl. The Cowboys, they finished 5-11 that year. And it probably would have helped to have had that pickle juice. And that, that I mean, they weren't, they were not dehydrated. They weren't having muscle cramps. They wasn't having to deal with heat exhaustion. And it's crazy, um, there was a, a game that was highlighted by a YouTuber that I watched a while back. And he was talking about, I think it was a 1979 game between the Giants and Cowboys. And the Giants, they had players that were losing 10 and 15 pounds due to that game because it was like around uh, the high one, uh, 80s, you know, going into the 90s on the field. I think it was like around 100 degrees on the field or so, so other. And uh, the Cowboys, you know, they beat up on the Giants that day. But I, I don't know, if, and this wasn't a new innovation, by the Eagles trainer Rick Bocalter. I mean, pickle juice was something that had already been there, but they used it. They used it in Gatorade bottles and they put pickle juice uh, on the piece of tape you know, on the Gatorade bottle. That's wild. And my son, he knows that very well. My son suffered from cramps a lot during high school. And so they was giving him pickles and, and they were selling pickles out there in the uh, uh, outside the gym. And it's like, look, just give him that pickle juice, put it in a cup, and let him drink it so he can get it together. <laughs> That's crazy. Football weather, man. You got to be prepared for it. That's it. References, thanks to ESPN.com, ProFootballReference.com, ProFootballHallOfFame.com, also ProFootballTalk. 42, uh, 42 years ago today, the college all-star game came to a rainy end. This was posted by Michael Davis Smith on July 23rd, 2018. Today in pro football history, 1976, Steelers win last college all-star game. Also, the Eugene Register Guard, it's a newspaper, and it was headlined, Rampaging Fans, Rain, Shortened All-Star Game. This was according to, written by the Associated Press the next day, July 24th, 1976. The New York Times Steelers victors as Rain Hawks game by William N. Wallace, July 24, 1976. Also, the grueling truth, the 10 greatest bad weather games in NFL history. That was pretty good. NFL Films, NFL Network, you are, you know, credited for this. The NFL Explained, 
the worst were the games. This has been the Behind the Mic Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Neal Jr. This show is presented by Belly of Sports. Also, Belly of Sports Podcast Network. Go to our website, bellyofsports.com. Click on it, read the articles, listen to the shows. You can catch us all on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and if you're a visual person, YouTube. Tell all your friends and family about this show, the Behind the Mic. You know, behind the mic. Tell them about behind the mic. That's behind T H A the M I K E. Tell them about the show. I'm going to find your house. I'm out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.